following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Four weeks ago, we, uh, we started a little in search of Jesus mindset, and uh, we talked about the people that after Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, we talked about those people that went searching for him. They went looking for him. And there's a lot of people that are looking for the Jesus that fed the 5,000 in the Bible. They're looking for that Jesus in their life because they need some bread in their life also. And so we talked about that. Then the, then the next week we spoke on, you just got to do something. Sometimes it's not just right to sit back and let things happen in life. You've got to do something. You've got to step out. You've got to make a step. You've got to make an effort. And tonight, we're going to conclude this. We was going to conclude it last week. We're going to conclude it tonight with a subject that I'm going to simply call, We Have Found Him. We have found Him. Aren't you glad that you're a part of that number that can say, I found Him? I have found Him. I have found Him. I think, I think tonight ought to be a little... I think tonight ought to be a little celebration when we get to certain parts in this message that we have found him whom our soul loveth. Amen. And so from John chapter 1 verse 44 through 48. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip findeth Nathanael and said to him, we have found him. Everybody say it. We have found him. Of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. Now Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him and said to him, of him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. And Nathanael said unto him, whence knowest thou me? And Jesus answered and said to him, before that Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I saw you. Everybody say, we have found him. Everybody say, preach to us tonight, pastor. Let the word touch my mind. Let it change my mind. Preach to us tonight, pastor. Let the word touch my heart. Let it change my heart. Preach to us tonight, pastor. Let me leave here a better person than what I was when I came in. You may be seated. You're awesome, awesome, awesome people. I love you very much. Now, Tonight, I'm going to minister just a little bit differently. I really am. I'm going to do some per- first-person narrative tonight. And uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to preach a little different, but I, 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 want to, I want to talk to you about we have found him. Years ago, at a London, at a labor convention in London, someone mentioned the church. And the audience hissed, and the audience booed from the lowest floor to the highest balcony when the church was mentioned. And when that confusion passed, someone spoke of Jesus of Nazareth. And the place began to applaud louder than they had previously booed. The point is, many people who don't care for the church would love to see Jesus. That's the frustration of the Pharisees at the Passover. Multitudes of worshipers had flocked to Jerusalem for the feast. Yet when they arrived, they didn't ask, where is the temple? (laughs) They asked, where is Jesus? The religious entrenched people of that day said, the world is gone after this man. It is the same today. 
the multitudes in our world are not necessarily looking for a church. They are looking for Jesus. Let me just put a little footnote in here. So a church that produces a Messiah to people will be a church where people will continually come and honor the Jesus that we preach about. Amen? I believe that. They didn't look for the architecture, the house of God. They looked for the God of the house. Sir, the Greeks cried, we would see Jesus. The multitudes will find him because they seek him. The Gentiles asked Philip when Jesus rode in, sir, we'd like to see Jesus. They asked the right man because he's the one that could say we have found him. Could we step away from the confusion of so many denominations tonight? Not because we're non-denominational, but can we step away? Could we ignore the creeds and the forms and the rituals and the rules just for a moment? Could we sweep away the icons and the idols and the images just for a little while? See, I care not tonight where you say you belong to. I want to know who you belong to. Do you belong to Jesus? That's the question. Do you have Jesus in your heart and life tonight? Have you opened your mouth and openly confessed Jesus to be the Christ of your life tonight? Or are you still on some kind of quest looking for Messiah? Let's journey back across the hilltops of time and see a man. Let us answer the heart's cry of this world. Let us see Jesus. I want to ask you a question. Why do you think this church that you're in continues to grow? Is it because of its beauty or location? Not the first, maybe a little bit the second. It might explain a minute portion of growth. But I would contend that the reason this church continues to grow is because we don't preach personal gain here. But it's because we continue to exalt Jesus Christ Lord of our lives in this church. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to me. And I know he was talking about a place called Calvary and a cross there. But I also believe that when we lift up our hands and lift him higher than we've ever lifted anything in our life, we, he will draw all men unto him. Anybody like to give Jesus an ovation tonight? Anybody like to say hallelujah to the presence of God? What a privilege it is for us to stand together and say, we have found him. That's such a joy. The most colossal figure in history, the giver of life, the giver of liberty and salvation, the one who cleanses all iniquity. He's not theory. He's not theology. He is a living reality. He saves and he makes us over. He delivers people from pride and prejudice. Oh, we have found him. The healer of all our diseases. The one whose compassions fail not. The rescuer of the perishing. We were floating down a giant river of human misery. The canyon walls got steeper. Sin's cost grew ever higher. We heard the destructing, thundering roar of, of, of destruction ahead. But then a hand reached down and he saved us. He saved us. When we could not save ourselves, he saved us. 
So you're patriotic. You mourn on Memorial Day. That's good. You put a flag out on Veterans Day and Independence Day. That's good. I'm patriotic also. I wave his name across this church like a banner. His name is Jesus. His name will always be Jesus. And he went to a cross for us so that you and I would not perish but have everlasting life. And I believe, I believe in that Jesus tonight. Oh, somebody shout it with me. We have found him. We have found him. Lord, I feel like preaching tonight. He shed red blood to wash me whiter than snow. He leads me. Beyond the blue, Jesus, 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 we have found him. I do not speak merely of the Jesus of history. I speak of the right now God and ever present help in the time of trouble. He's the one who stops by funeral homes and says, little maid, arise. He's the one who stops by tombs of a friend and says, Lazarus, come forth. He's the one who walks across our difficulties and says, it is I. Be not afraid. We have found him. The one who feeds 5,000 without breaking a sweat. The one who built the church next door to hell's gates. The one who sustains us. The one who blesses us. Everybody said, we have found him. Our day star. Our daybreak. Our dawn. Our hope in a hopeless world. Our help for a helpless life. He arises with healing in his wings. He's our present help. He's our future hope. Everybody say it. We have found him. Can't you hear the hope in Philip's voice? Nathaniel, your days of looking are over. Our days of waiting are over. We have found him. Mm. We found him. We found him. We found him. There's an old song that says, I never shall forget the day when all the burden of my heart rolled away. It makes me happy, glad, and free. I'll sing and shout it because it's everything to me. If I could ask you right now, where were you were when you found him? Could you raise your hand and tell me? Could you raise your hand and say, I know where I was before he found me. And I know where he found me. And I know what I'm doing after he found me. Can you lift your hands and say, we have found him. Come on, we found him. I never shall forget the day. I never shall forget the day. I was baptized at seven, received the Holy Spirit at nine. Hallelujah. I will tell you this. It's still as good today as it was the first night I got it. There is nothing like the presence of God in your life. There's nothing like the Holy Spirit guiding your life. And I'm still a preacher that still believes that God can transform. He can transfer. He can change us from who we were to what he wants us to be in a moment's time. He can take a crack addiction out of us. He can take an alcohol feeling out of us. He can change us from people of promiscuousness. He can change us from people that's down to a person that's up. He's a God. He's a God that can change our direction and he'll do it right now. Say it with me. We have found him. We have found him. We have found him. I'm sorry, I got away from my notes. Forgive me. Man is on a quest for God. Man's on a quest for God. I believe that with all my heart. For Philip to find, he must have been looking. Because only those who seek find. 
Only those who knock will the door be opened. And only those who ask will receive. The psalmist compared his quest for God as a deer that thirsts for water in Psalms 42 and 1. Why are sports arenas filled to the brim today? People are looking for something. They look for something that satisfies. They look for a hero. They look to belong. And when you find Jesus, you not only find the hero of the ages, you find a place where you can belong. So I'm going to do a little first person narrative tonight. I'm going to do a first person narrative on a man named Nicodemus. And I just pulled a picture up, okay? That's probably not what he looked like. But a picture paints a thousand words, all right? So I pulled a Nicodemus up. How you doing, Nick? That's Nick at night. He came to Jesus by night. And he said something like this. I looked. Oh, how I looked. I thought my answer could be found in religion. I lived up to the meaning of my name. My name means conqueror of the people. I fought for positions and offices and the respect of others. I arrived. I was one of the top 70 leaders in all of Israel. Yet when I arrived, there was nothing there, nothing. It was then I heard of this teacher, this man who could confound the wisest. He had no offices. He had no titles. He had no reputation. And he didn't seem to need them. I had to meet this man. Maybe he could tell me why I was so miserable. So I went to him after sunset with darkness as my coat. Like a moth to a flame, I found him. His words, oh, his words, his words. Never a man spake like this man. His eyes, his eyes, as deep as the oceans, as penetrating as torches. His voice, Nicodemus, you must be born again. His words, his eyes, his voice, oh, how they penetrated my soul. Your Bible tells you that it was me who spoke up for him at his trial. It was me who brought a hundred pounds of spices to his grave. When he arose on the third day, his resurrected body carried the fragrance of my sacrifice. Your history books will also tell you that I obeyed the words of Jesus, that I obeyed his words to be born again of the water and of the spirit that I couldn't find in religion, I found in Jesus. Nicodemus is my name, and I am one of many who can say we have found him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know it's not preaching like I normally preach, but I'm going to preach it this way anyhow. Everybody say man's quest leads to much hurt. That's my second point. That's my second point. What is this growing dependence on drugs? Man's quest for God. What is this reaching for a brass ring? Man's quest for God. What is this looking to and fro for pleasure? Man's quest for God. A young man in Houston was misdirected. He thought his, this Jesus stuff was dumb. The son of a pastor, a Pentecostal pastor. He found a friendly face and a place to live and he found his host to be a mass murderer. But when he died, he died speaking in a language that they couldn't understand. And they testified at the trial that there was something about him that we could not touch. We could not lay a hand on him after a certain time. He died speaking in a language that they could not understand. Sometimes when I hear people praising and speaking in a heavenly language, it reminds me that there is nothing better than Jesus Christ in our lives. Nothing better. Nothing better. 
I know many of you have been in that moment when it was just unutterable groanings and you didn't know how to pray. But the Lord gives you a reason to pray and a right to pray. And you pray in a language that nobody understands. Even the devil says, what are they saying? I love it. So I'm going to talk to you first person narrative from Mary Magdalene. I shouldn't have left home. I shouldn't have done it. But I did. Home was nice. But too stifling. Rules that seemed okay yesterday was too restrictive today. One thing led to another and I found myself in a tiny village overlooking a large lake. And while nice people, a nice place to look at, it wasn't a place for a nice girl to be. I did not need the money. I don't know why I did it. Maybe I liked the attention. It was flattering. Soon the oldest profession in the world was mine. Those who mocked me by day visited me by night. Oh, the self-righteous men that I met. My parents came to see their little girl. I hid from them. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed. And after that, I found myself sinking, sinking fast. I began to hear voices, and they talked to me at night. It seemed like that there were seven of them. They screamed at me, controlled me, sickness, fever, bondage. I was in the grip of something I knew not. One day it happened. The religious police caught me. And what happened to my partner, I can't say. They took me, me and my seven invisible screaming voices, as they dragged me through the streets, I heard them shouting, kill her, stone her. I must have been delirious. I stared into their faces and thought, how odd. I know most of these men. And they threw me down at his feet. At his feet. The feet that I, will follow, I would follow for three years. You would have too. The feet that I would weep tears over when they were pierced. You would have too. The feet that I would tenderly clean in their lifelessness, you would have too. The feet that I would walk, that would walk out of a grave and would, I would fall down and cling to saying, Rabboni, you would have too. He was the one that day who protected me. He was the one who sent away my accusers. He was the one who said, go and sin no more. And suddenly all of these voices and all of those spirits that had taken possession of me, they left and I was free. I didn't find what I was looking for in the village of Magdala. It was on a hill of Golgotha. Millions have come to that cross. Millions have found him to be the answer for their lives. Today I, Mary Magdalene, raise my voice with millions and say, we have found him. But not only are people questing for him, the Lord is also on a quest. He's looking too. Jesus didn't wait for you to come to him. He came looking for you. In fact, he said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. So you'd go and your fruit remained, John 15. He came looking, knowing exactly the price he would pay for his quest, Galatians 4, 4 through 6. Let me give you a first person narrative of a man named Nathaniel. He was my text tonight. I sat beneath the tree. I waited. I felt like this was going to be a, a special day, but I didn't know why it was special. But because of my stubborn pride, I almost missed it. I saw and heard Philip coming toward me. He was obviously excited. He collapsed beneath the tree shouting, we have found him. My heart almost stopped beating. All my life I had looked for the Messiah. I couldn't believe it. I didn't want to have my hopes raised and then dashed again, 
Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? I can't believe I was so foolish, but Philip insisted. He took me by the hand and led me. My friend took me by the hand and led me right to the presence of Jesus Christ. And when I looked into his eyes, it was like a sunrise on Galilee. There was such serenity, such a sense of purpose, and such understanding. I sympathized with the Samaritan woman who was so flabbergasted that she dropped her water pots at the well and raced through the village shouting, come see a man who told me all things. Philip said, we have found him. I wonder, I think he found me. Jesus is still looking today. Nicodemus, Mary, Nathaniel, we applaud you tonight. I had a moment recently, one of those times when time stands still. Just a moment when I realized one more time the reason that people in this church have taken the blows that they've taken in life and still stand. The reason some people in this house have taken negative hype from some and the reason that they still have the strength to bury, say goodbye and have some that I loved and they loved walk away from them. It's because we have found him. And I'd like to say as a pastor of this church, I have found him. I have found him. It's not we, it's I have found him. Can somebody shout that? I have found him. That's my story. That's not, that's my story. It's not just a church that I found. It's not just some people that I have found that's found him, but I have found him whom my soul loveth, whom my heart desires. I have found him. I'm finished. I'm finished, Randy. I'm finished. Somebody's getting it. I knew it wouldn't be lengthy tonight. I knew it wouldn't be long tonight. I knew that. I just, I, I just, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to conclude this tonight. I just want to conclude this tonight. Listen to me now. I want to conclude this tonight by saying, by saying very simply to everybody in this house, that Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. That's the reason why I love him so. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Have you ever? The other day, I just got to tell this and Patty's going to get embarrassed. The other day I was driving home and I just got overwhelmed for my love for Patty Joyce. I did. I just got overwhelmed. I, I happened to love the wife that God gave me. And I got overwhelmed. And I said, when I get home, 
I'm just going to hug her up. I felt like a little old eighth grader or something. I'm going to hold her hand real tight. I'm going to hug her. And I got to the house and I walked in and I, I, I was almost in tears. Because I, I'd seen her go through that surgery and, you know, the C word had been vanished and everything was fine. And I was, I was praising God as well as loving the fact that my wife was still doing well. So it was a mix between the glory and, and the story. And so I walked in the house and I just grabbed her and I hugged her. I said, stop what you're doing and put two arms around me and let's just hug in this kitchen. And we did. And we did. And she liked it. She's embarrassed right now, but she liked it. I'm not going to look over there, but she liked it. She's still in love with me. And we just kind of hugged. And then we hugged some more. And some more. In time we had broken the hug, we both were crying. And, and, and I'm, not trying, I'm not trying to be soft. I'm not. But when I walked in this church tonight, having been gone for 10 days, I'd worked here the last couple of days, but when I walked in the church tonight, saying, I get to be in church with people that have found him. And I have found him. I was overwhelmed. I was like a little old kid in a candy store. Or in my first toy store, and I, I didn't have the money to buy, but the owner said, you can have anything you want in the store. Boy, I was shopping crazy. But I felt his presence. It's amazing what happens when you come with expectation. It's amazing what happens when you're expecting to receive. You're liable to get up and go to dancing in the house of God. Ask the man in Acts chapter 3, he, he expected to receive. And, and the point of the whole thing is simply this. Every now and then we just got to stop and say, I who was nothing, I who was a man that might have had superiority in this world, I who was a woman who might have been the vagrant of life and spirits in my life, and I, the person who was the old hippie under the fig tree, I have found him. And I think when you start talking to yourself in those manners, you can't stay still. You're going to have to clap your hands a little. You're going to shed some tears of joy. You're going to rejoice. Because he's the only one that can take you through the storm. He's the only one that can take you through the desert. He's the only one that can be your savior. Anytime, anywhere, any place. There's no place that he can't be when you're there. Would you stand? You're awesome people.